Good afternoon, the Black community. Thank you, as always, for staying involved. Thank you for staying engaged. Um, today, uh, I'm going to have the opportunity to get educated on um, a, a, a whole uh, new career that I have yet to benefit from. So I am looking forward to my free counseling session. Uh, yeah. but, um, just joking, just joking. Uh, but today's guest uh, that we have on the back community is Seattle Ramos. And uh, I look forward to diving into your story today. I know you and I have been talking and uh, talking up this interview for quite some time. Uh, and I couldn't wait to get you on the platform because I think everyone needs to know about uh, your role as a career strategist. And we wanted to do it at the top of the year. Why do we want to do it at the top of the year? Because obviously new year new goals everybody's always got yes. something that they want to reach and what better person to connect yourself with at the top of the year than a career strategist to help you to line out and create a, uh, a blueprint or roadmap to success so without further ado uh today's guest on the back community podcast is Seattle ramos and thank you for being on the back Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I was so excited. I appreciate all the work you do in the community. I'm also a fan. Um, I am Sierra Ramos, career strategist, the co-founder and CEO of ANS Life and Career Coaching, where I career coach high achieving women to negotiate their salary, to find employment that aligns with their values, um, boost confidence. And then I do a lot of volunteer work um, with the youth, getting them ready for career readiness. The sooner we get them prepared, knowing they're our future leaders of the capital region, working with the youth is something that I'm I'm so passionate about. I can always do that work for free. <laughs> I, and, and, and I see you. I wanted to the be place. the mentor that I didn't have growing up. And I see it. Uh, I see it. I see you doing it. I see you all over the place. I'm just like, man, where is she not at? So, um, you know, uh, I, I think. The ultimate motivation, like you said, is you're choosing to show up in places and services where you wish that you had someone to do it for you. And I think that's the ultimate motivation that drives your passion. So thank you for all that you do. I grew up in New York City um, and I didn't grow up with many like nonprofit programs. And when I moved to the Capital Region and saw all these amazing programs for, for the youth, like it excited me. And um, I was lucky enough, I started my career in corporate America quite young. I started at 19 working for Sony. They had a, a technology museum at that time. And I used to do tours for the museum and like teach classes, how to build like soda can robots and solar power cards. So I've been a woman in tech in a long time. Um, and then after I finished my first college degree, I moved upstate to continue my education and find affordability <laughs> and a new life in Capital Region has been good to me the last decade. So um, I'm grateful. And then now I call this place home. There you go. And this place should be home. And like I said, uh, uh, thank you for choosing to be the change in the world that you wanted to see for yourself. But yeah, we uh, got to try our best to leave it better than we left it. Right. I feel like I've been lucky enough to meet amazing people in my life. And I heard, you know, a lot of mentors tell me, like, pay it forward, mm -hmm. pay it forward. Um, and I was lucky enough to have many people who spoke of my name in rooms of opportunity when I wasn't present. So I'm trying to live by that example to do all the work I can to showcase, you know, you can change the world. You can make a difference. And one person 
does a lot of work, but there's power in unity. So I'm learning how to collaborate more with different leaders, different organizations, different groups, so we can make even more magic happen. The power is in numbers. And uh, yes and no. I have to challenge you on that. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we make things a little bit uh, slower uh, the more people uh, that we have, trying to get everybody on one accord. I'm an alpha. Right. So, you know, sometimes going to our chapter meetings, it's just like, come on, man, we're all in here. We're successful. That's why you we're need all... the PM. <laughs> That's why you need the project manager to ring everyone along and organize the chaos. That's also I do separately in my life. Um, I do a lot of project um, contract work. I realize I like solving complex problems. And I like organizing chaos. So I feel like the project management career always gives me that. And then I get to bring my career strategy as well to solve those problems and be able to help high achieving women in their careers, which is wonderful. So I get to use those transferable skills back and forth um, to bring value in different pockets. Okay. Okay. And I have to ask, uh, uh, I have to ask um, how, how much of an impact do you feel that you have as a career strategist on the direction uh, and the trajectory of different people's lives? Well, I think it's a significant impact because I'm just not just building their confidence. I'm helping them identify their skills of what they're good at, giving them intel of, of corporate America strategy, you know, in the skin of a woman of color with over 16 years of experience. I have helped probably over 100 women in the last three years be able not just to land employment, but make much more money than they have ever made, meaning they have more money to now provide for their families and now more money to bring into the economy and provide in their communities. So people say finances aren't important. They're really, really important because the more you have, the more you have to give to transform. So not just your physical labor, your time and treasure, but also finances to push initiatives that align with your values. And that would look unique, but we all are passionate about certain things that we wanna contribute our skills and our gifts and our finances to move things forward. Um, one client, um, we worked together for baby about almost 30 days and she was able to make $50,000 more than her six figure last opportunity. And, and to me, many, that was a win. Days? 30. Nice. <laughs> 30, 30. Um, each woman is unique. So some women need more than others. I try, I, it depends. Some women would need like a resume upgrade, some strategy, some, some branding. Some women already have that done. They kind of just kind of needed the strategy to be able to debate an offer letter and articulate their value to employers. Mm -hmm. And then there's some women that need more confidence to recognize all the amazing things they have already done. And how do they showcase that in a mock interview with a group discussion with potential employers effectively? So I do career assessments that I create for them to take before we start working together. So they're able, I already get all the information I need before we meet so we can just dive in into the call on strategy action items I have already created from the answers that come from the assessment. Like what are they passionate about? How much money they wanna make? How much experience? Do they wanna start a business? Do they wanna change careers? So there's a whole list of information that I'm extracting. So now I have strategy and action items to propose for the client. And then if they're in agreement, we can continue to move forward and be aggressive. They have access to me through text message, email as well. It's common for my clients to leave me voice notes or that I'm leaving them voice notes if it's quotes, words of inspiration, 
I'm giving them strategy of how they're going to prepare an interview as they're driving in their car. So I'm basically their cheerleader, their support system, their accountability partner, their coach in the ring. And then I'm like building strategy behind the scenes of what I feel may be missing. Okay. I got to ask just on one point. So uh, voice notes, right? It took me a very, very long time to uh, understand the concept. And I, you know, uh, I, I don't say this, uh, what is it? I say this with a great deal of humility. It took me a very, very long time to understand the concept of, of those voice notes. I got a friend of mine who worked for a university uh, down in, in Charlotte. And I promise you, me and him, I would start off in a text and then he would always give me a voice note. And I would be like, send me a text back. I sent you a text, but then I finally got used to it and realized how 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 easy it is. And uh, sometimes you don't have uh, yeah, the availability to, to really write. But uh, uh, when you said voice notes and being able to help prep your uh, your clients right before they're going into uh, one of these uh, meetings is very important. But yeah. um, I'm very agile. However, the client each one is unique of how they like to communicate with me, so I usually adopt what they seem most fitting and then the voice notes i don't want it to get lost in translation sometimes i want them to hear my tone and energy to build excitement especially to bring their anxiety down if they're going in for their last interview with the group on their way so it's just a tactic i use to like keep their energy levels high to keep them confident understanding they can do this and sometimes if you're in a negative mindset doesn't matter what i text you may not translate it in the way that i would like to Plus, I'm crazy like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to ask. I was just like, you know, it, it, it must be something within you. All of us are, are wired differently, but it must be something within you that that drives you towards being a PM, that drives you towards being a career strategist. Um, when did you know that this was the spark for you? When did you know that, like, this thing made me happy? I give the credit to Excelsior College. They are now Excelsior University. I've worked for many different companies in the capital region, but the love and the commitment that Excelsior University gave me when it came to fostering my education and, you know, paying for paid trainings while on work time for me to be able to master my role to mastery, to sharing textbook with me when I was a student on top of being, you know, paying for my education as I studied. So I was in a, in a, in an office as an operations assistant. And I was an assistant to leadership, also assisting faculty, subject matter experts who create curriculums and support the students and student advisors. So being able to serve all those different groups at one time was a gift I had to master and realize this is what project managers do. It was a real career where you it was lucrative. There weren't many women in that domain. So I saw that as a great opportunity and working in that office higher education environment in my early career made me realize I love to serve others. I love to be helpful. I like to solve complex problems. And like, I can do this for a living because at that time I was a business major and started out as a psychology major and was like, I like this, but I wanted something more and different because I wasn't sure if I wanted to study to PhD level to be able to practice. That was a long time to study, but how was I gonna afford it, right? So I didn't come from very much. I grew up in the South Bronx, 174th Street. 
So I told myself, I want to figure out a career where I didn't have to go to school as long, but made a good enough money for me to meet the means of my living. And having that experience with the college and the opportunities they gave me, found the love of organizing the chaos because there's a lot of moving pieces <laughs> to travel, to meetings, to facilitating presentations. And they allowed me to be a part of many committees as well for my professional development. So then it, it gave me um, awareness of all different type of careers because out of all the de degree programs, the institutions were promoting the students as well, that I was researching different careers because all that information was at my disposal. Okay, okay. And uh, I, I have a, a friend, a friends of mine uh, who also uh, use that same program and they love it. Uh, you know, working with me at the federal government, they were also uh, taking classes uh, through Excelsior. Um, yeah, um, and they online, they've always been online. So they figured out how to do it successfully. So like when COVID happened, it was nothing for them. <laughs> so we've been doing this. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, another thing uh, before uh, I'm going off tangent, but uh, shout out to the Bronx. Uh, yes. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot of time down. Uh, uh, well, they don't call it Hunts Point anymore. It's now called the Piano District. Uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So it used to be known for one thing. So now they're uh, they're finally yeah, gentrifying and revitalizing uh, the Bronx. Oh, uh, I used to call it Trima. Because after the Hunts Point, we we called the street Trima, and this is where, where like a lot of shopping stores were mm -hmm. that I used to go get my school clothes and my sneakers that like Dr. J's, Jimmy Jazz, <laughs> and all that good stuff. And they had a pay less. I used to get my elementary school shoes there and things like that. And they were always vendors selling food, you know, great oils, perfume, beauty supplies. There was a lot of electronic stores for like devices. So yes, it, it does bring back a lot of growing up memories, um, getting ready for school and shopping and being closer to like good food and treats. Because <laughs> uh, uh, there was a lot of cake bakeries on that street too. There's a lot of other things there in that area as well. So we're going to leave those up. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle is a retired uh, firefighter uh, and he used wow. to uh, be stationed in, in Brooklyn, but he would take me all throughout uh, New York, but Hunts Point was, was one of his favorite places to go. Been... We appreciate his service. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, let me see. I have to ask this thing, especially because you, uh, you said that in 30 days, you were able to help a client uh, uh, pretty much renegotiate and, 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 and change her salary base, which ultimately would, would change that person's life. How important is it to renegotiate? How important is it to have negotiation skills? It's vital, right? Because some people think like, I noticed there's a pattern with my female clients. Um, they're always afraid to negotiate. They're, they're afraid that if they ask for too much, the opportunity is going to be ripped away. And that's not true, right? They, each salary line has already been budgeted of what is the minimum and max they can give to the, the offer letter to the client. And I guess understanding how do you articulate your value? Um, and a lot of women sometimes don't even know they're being underpaid, right? Because if this is the most money they have ever seen, you know, what you don't know, you don't know. So I always tell my clients, let's do research together. 
there's a lot of information like Payscale, Glassdoor, you know, New York labor statistics of where you can find the medium salary on the low, medium and high luxury and by job titles and um, area. So I'm constantly figuring out how much money they want to make, what industry you're in, how much experience you have. And now I start doing the research on those job titles. Payscale, as an example, has information on finances for over 200,000 job titles, right? So I'm constantly searching to make sure that if the, the salary line that is showcased on this application actually is matching the industry. And if it is, then it gives me confirmation, great. And if it's not, I even teach my clients of how you put that in your negotiation email, right? Because a lot of employers aren't aware if they're over or underpaying. And sometimes we can't make assumptions that they do know, right? Because everyone has their own expertise and we're all limited. We can't know everything and everything, but it's really hard for someone to say no to you when you give them the facts. If I'm giving you the facts of this is what the pay is in the industry, this was the salary line in the application you approved. And these are my years of experience that I have exceeded the minimum requirements in this job description. Then how could you tell me no? So usually we wrap it up in a pretty bow. We get all of our data. We add that in our, our offer letter email to give our counter offer of what we prefer. And I have, as of yet, I have not had a client who said to me, Ciara, they didn't agree to my terms. Ciara, they, they decided to take the offer away. It's, it's really sucking them out about giving them the confidence that you can do this. We can ask for it professionally and effectively. And I need you to trust yourself and trust me that we need to do this and we can get it done. I like it. And you also mentioned that, you know, you only work with uh, uh, female clients. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask for a clarification on, as to why. Uh, but I, I, but I have to ask. Listen, but I have to say, because it's not just females who have that same problem. I, I, I will say for a person who uh, doesn't always advocate uh, the best for himself. And I've gotten uh, a lot better over the years. You know, I've been in my job for this year will be 18 years, right? So wow. it wasn't yeah, it wasn't until I met my wife that I realized I had no negotiating skills, right? And and my wife is an attorney uh, by profession, uh, and I just realized, you know, she had been negotiating me, uh, negotiating with me our entire relationship, and here it is. I'm not even realized that, you know. No, you thought it was compromise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, no, she's been negotiating uh, with me the entire time. And I took a training at work a couple of years ago, and when I took the training, I came I came home, and I was like, oh, man, you've been working me this entire time. And she's just like, it's not my fault you didn't know. So, you know, but, you know, uh, I think uh, even for for men, uh, having the ability and the reassurance to be able to go back to uh, renegotiate. I think sometimes we have somewhat of a scarcity mentality, like I don't want to lose Absolutely. if I'd ask. So I, all I wanted to say was that, you know, I think that uh, the same fear scenarios that happens for uh, 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 the women and your women clients, I'm sure there's a whole nother bracket of men just like me that have those same scared uh, 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 scenarios and your confidence building as it uh, as it pertains to you being a, a career a strategist and helping uh, us to, to see our value and to understand how to speak up for it. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, beneficial across the board. But now tell me why? Why? I have a good excuse. It's, no, so, no, no excuses needed. I, I did a program where I only work with young men. So I totally understand 
knowing what um, your, your niche is? Okay, so my target market is high achieving women um, of color because I feel like they need it more. Um, I'm going to be honest, I do take male cl clients, but it's rare. They're special cases. They're usually like the son or a husband of a previous client I already work with. And I know there's no negative intention. Um, I noticed in my experience, I had a lot of men that would bait me wanting the coaching, but they didn't really want the coaching. Mm. They just kind of wanted an opportunity to meet me in a public setting. And I feel like there's more than enough women in the world that I feel like I need to help. All the male clients I did take that they all have success. I have never failed. If you check out my Google business page, I have never got lower than five stars. All right. And I always tell my clients, be honest in detail on their testimony. But um, I noticed male clients, I get rid of them faster. Like whatever I say, they don't debate it. They don't, they don't want. I feel like it's easier for me to coach the men. It's the women that sometimes give me the resistance, but then that's my mission that I feel like those are the ones I want to empower. So I take a few men, not many, but it's always an, an exception of the rule because I know there's no negative intent whatsoever. I feel safe. And if I feel like I can't help that client, I have really close connections on other amazing coaches that are men and women that I feel like can be served. Because if I can't help you, if I'm not the right fit, then I want you to get what you need. And there's, again, abundance mindset. There's more than enough mm -hmm. for us to be successful and wealthy and make a difference. So for my men that I, I don't want to coach or I feel like I'm not the right fit, I will refer them to maybe Anthony, um, a career coach for men for Yellow Talks Coaching or Ron, Coach Ron, who's also in the Capital Region. I would recommend them there. So if I can't help the male client that I don't want to take them on, I have other people that can do great work with them. And then I can always just pass that opportunity if I feel like I'm not the right fit for that woman. I love it. I love it. And and one, own it and 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 uh stand on business, as we like to say, because uh right. we know uh we know where our passion lies uh we know where our heart is and we know where we feel we can be uh, the most effective and you know and running my program for nine years i used to get people to say all the time uh well tyrell when are you going to open up uh the program for the women and i'd be like i'm not and i'd be like but, but, but why you do so great with the males and I'd say well i'm great with the males because i can truly understand the ins and outs uh, Absolutely. The that they're going to have to uh, be faced with. And I also say, hey, you know, I don't want to be running up uh, and be like, hey, I'm trying to mentor somebody. And somebody like, oh, Tyrell did. Oh, no, you will not. So, no. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so short, I totally understand and I totally yes. get it. But for the youth, the gender doesn't matter. Like, I yeah. feel like they're, you know, they're younger. Yeah. I never yeah. have to worry about those barriers. So, so me working with the youth, the gender doesn't matter to me, but usually I prefer um, to to work with women. Um, and I have women say, folks. you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I want to make sure like, you know, especially when you're working with with a younger group, you always want to make sure you protect them. You you want them to feel safe. You know what I mean? So I always want to make sure that I'm representing myself. Well, there's times that luckily all the organizations I work with do very authentic intensive background checks right to make sure that you know if i did want to drive a student home because it's late and i didn't want a female or a, a female student you know walking home or waiting for the bus i can now have approval that i can drop them home in one piece right making sure that all of our text messages are in a group chat that is attached 
to, you know, higher power. That's a part of this program to hold accountability, to make sure our conversations are always, you know, being documented and safe because being a mentor for someone that's younger, right. You want to make sure that you're professional and respectful and you don't want to cross lines, you know, accidentally, because they're not your children, even though you want to be very involved um, for their success. All right. I am going to, because I know that we've been talking a lot about the youth, I'm going to ask a question that is going to help me to uh, understand you where you are today by looking at where you were previously. So I'm going to ask the question, and the question reads, um, uh, Sierra, thinking about your younger self, Right, thinking about the younger version of you. After all of this experience that you've gathered, after the 16 years uh, of, of working in the field uh, that you've been in, but looking back at younger Sierra, what is something you wish someone would have told the younger version of you that you know now, but you didn't know when you were coming up? What is something you would tell the younger Sierra? The power of finances. Like if I knew the financial wisdom I had now, and the confidence I have now to also negotiate for my value, I would be a millionaire by now. You know, the importance of investing, the importance of saving money, right? To establish yourself, you know, being aggressive in your earlier 20s when you have more energy, right? And and more time to like fail. First of all, failure is just testing. You cannot be successful without failure. Uh, and then success is when preparation and opportunity finally meets in unison. But I, I always encourage the youth to test out and fail as much as possible to find where your gifts are. You are still so young in your career and a lot of gifts can be, be discovered through career exploration, through hobbies and through repetition. Because if you do something long enough, because you're always going to be terrible at something new. But if you keep over time and be consistent with it, you'll be surprised how fast you can bring mastery and find all these valuable gifts that you can monetize within yourself in very different ways. So my best advice would be saving and investing sooner, understanding finances at an earlier age, and failing more, trying more things out to discover what are my infinite possibilities is what I would like to share with the youth. Don't be afraid afraid to try it out. Volunteer that paid internship, even if it doesn't align what you desired. You never know what can come out of it, who you can meet, what joy that it can bring you that you realize like, hey, this is a skill that I can add in my toolbox, add on my resume that now adds to my personal brand of the value I can give to the world. And I'm glad you just hit on uh, a, a paid internships, right? So I'm an I'm a, a advocate for paid or unpaid. Uh, yes. <laughs> the the skills that you will get, uh, right? You might not get compensated upfront, but if you truly take advantage of that opportunity, you're going to be building networks. You're going to be gaining mm -hmm. skills and experience. Absolutely. That when you decide to step out on your own, or when you decide to level up and, and, and get that position you've been able to get it. But I think right now in today's society, a lot of people are, oh, I want to be the boss. You know, I, I don't want the work. I just want the end result, right? How do, oh, I, that's get, not how it works. How do I get there, right? So, but those internships are extremely valuable. Those re relationships that you have uh, with people over the years because they become your, uh, your biggest advocates. Uh, so I'm glad, Absolutely. You, glad you said that. Yeah. And I also learned if you can't, if you don't know how to follow first, you're not going to be able to successfully lead as great as you can. 
like I know people that's like, hey, I want to start a business. There's nothing wrong with starting a business. Of course you can. But work for an employer first for a little while, right? Take the competitive advantage of what you can learn from them of how they operate for their success and how you can use those tools, those strategies to bring in your own business. Um, I run my own business now. A lot of technology does all the work for me, the bookkeeping, the scheduling. So I have more time to work my full-time role and be hands-on with a client. But that those skills and common sense would not come and be common if I didn't work for employers um, and help them build their companies, right? So taking that as a competitive advantage of, like you said, leveraging their resources, if it's tuition reimbursement, if it's, you know, more percentage in your 401k, joining their committees, their self-development programs they had, you know, utilizing educations, getting certifications, asking for sponsorship, mentorship, coaching at the job. There's nothing wrong with having more than one mentor. There's no number that limits you like, oh, I shouldn't have any more mentors, right? And just absorbing everything you can in every career opportunity, like you said, paid or unpaid internship, it doesn't matter what the job is, you are going to gain communication skills, you are going to gain customer service, you are going to gain more patience, right? You're going to gain discipline, you're going to gain public speaking. So there's no such thing as you having a job that isn't going to bring you more value of providing transferable skills or growing the gifts you already have that now you can give more value later. Yes, I've been smiling over here this whole time. So, and I'm just smiling because you're giving away a whole bunch of free game. You're giving away jewels. And it's, and I think it's these types of conversations that people need to hear, right? You know, um, uh, my nephews were just here last week, right? So I got, oh, I got, I got two. House was busy. <laughs> oh, the house is always busy over here. The, the Hughes household is, is steadily busy. But um, I got a, a set of twins um, uh, who are 16. Um, uh, so, uh, so my nephews were staying with us. And we, uh, wow. and my wife always have them. And uh, we, were all, we were talking about what job they want to do, right? And, you know, one said, you know, he wants to get into real estate. Uh, and they're 16 now. So it says, and the other one says, he says, Ty, I don't want to work for nobody. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with not working for nobody. As long as you have a plan, because you can't stay with your mother and your dad your entire life. Right. So, you know, so, so what is the plan to uh, become self-sufficient? And I think sometimes being able to have those conversations early on and, 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 and teach and teach the, the younger generation uh, that, you know, and it's actually not even just limited to the younger generation, because sometimes it's right. Like what are you willing older, to sacrifice? There you go. What are you willing to sacrifice to make that possible? Right. Because I always tell my women, like, you need an exit strategy if you're in a toxic work environment. But if you want to build the business that you're going to make enough money that this is what you want to do to get the career freedom of how you want to live your life. Cool. But please understand, you're going to need a lot of consistency, consistency, blessed sweat and tears and accountability to be able to have that freedom because the freedom doesn't just happen. Right. It has to be built over time. I was lucky enough that my career desires were that I wanted to start a business. I needed more money. How was going to do that? I sacrificed moving to a cheaper area so I could save $5,000 that year and just rent to be able to use $5,000 that I wanted to use towards my business, grow the emergency fund. I, I was serious about before I started the business that I didn't want no credit card debt whatsoever. So I made sure I took all, all of care of that. So I had a list of what I needed to do first if I wanted to really create a business that was going to bring me more income to give me more job security, depending what was happening um, in society. Because COVID hit 
and you know businesses were shutting down every every job wasn't considered as an essential worker right i was lucky enough that i was able to work remotely throughout the entire covid season um but still i seeing everyone struggle in the job market or lose their jobs and not have a plan b of how they were going to be able to sustain themselves the light bulb was like who i want to impact why and what business i can start to now bring me opportunities to bring me another income on top of being a PM. And that's how the career coaching business was born. Now I get paid to speak, to consult and teach, you know, career coaching women as well. Um, so now I have a variety of ways I can make money through the business using the different gifts that I was already using as a PM and in the industry for 16 years anyway. And now I'm more focusing on building my personal brand and an audience because I realized it's easier to sell products and services and found great clients that want to work with you that are ready if they know you exist. People can give you opportunities if they don't know you exist. So me and, you know, telling clients to build more courage to kind of put your foot forward out there. The first time is never going to be perfect. And that's totally okay. <laughs> Remember, success is failure time and time again. There's no such thing as success without the failure. And if you're okay with failing, because it's a part of the process, you'll be surprised how fast the success comes. Because I noticed there's people who would just avoid not doing anything and just be the outsider instead of getting in the ring and watching in the sidelines and then wonder why nothing happens. Staying stagnant is actually worse than failing, right? Because nothing is coming from the, the stagnation the way the lessons are happening from the failures. Drops a cool bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed it gets easier when you fail at something you realize you know do it long enough you realize it has nothing to do with you right it's just like it's not that I can't do it I just need to change the approach and now we're going to figure out different strategies and you shouldn't let that to take away from your value and your gifts of what you can offer the world don't let that eat your confidence because no one is exempt Nobody gets the success all the time without the failure. And if you know that's the part of the process, you won't take it as personal as time goes on. And for me, I realize I take it much, much less personal. That is like, well, back to back to square one and like what I want to do different this time. I like it. And that's I, all it is. <laughs> I, I literally uh, maybe maybe about a week or week or so ago, maybe two, I, I posted on my uh, Facebook status and I was saying how if if someone told you that all of the mistakes that you made earlier in your life would, would one day uh, uh, become valuable if you go out and make some more mistakes, right? And to your point, I think you're 100% uh, correct, right? Uh, uh, be fearless enough to just start. So many times people stop with analysis paralysis and they be like, oh, this isn't perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. You know, you, you take the opportunity, you build it, you craft it, you learn from those mistakes, but when you get to your desired goal, you look back and you realize that all of those bumps in the road are now valuable because now you can teach. Absolutely. They were part else. of the journey. Yes. Yes. Same thing with my framework. Like I have a coaching framework um, that I work with the women. It's called the three P's. And the three P's stand for being positive, proactive, and patient. And the first P is understanding you need to have the abundance mindset. You can't mm -hmm. come to work with me. And when I tell you, because a lot of, some women that come to me when I said, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to work towards the six. We're going to get you a position in six figure range. 
And they look at me like, if I'm crazy, like, that's not going to happen type of thing. Like, yes, let's work together 30, 60 days. We can make it happen. And they're just looking at me. See, when I coach the men, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. I knew I was in the paid. I worked the six weeks. And sometimes <laughs> the women are a little scared or think of me that I'm insane. That are you sure you're making it seem that easy? Is it that easy? And then like after working three weeks together and they're like in the final round for like six figure um, opportunities, they're like, she's not that crazy. <laughs> there's actually some method to the madness so it's the abundance mindset that it's really for you you're worthy you're deserving the second p is being proactive meaning us we're doing the work like i'm building the strategy i'm giving you a to z of what i want you to do and how you do it and i'm also doing some of the work with you because remember you're paying for service i'm making it easier for you as well i usually job search for my clients after i figure out what is their dream wish list now i start looking for you know those opportunities for them that all they have to do is just apply themselves so i try to work um smarter not harder but how i can be an asset to them and then the last p is being patient right that it's going to compound like interest, that if you keep doing the work consistently, you're going to be able to, to see the harvest. And then when the opportunity arises, be excited. Because I have some women that they got the offer letter of everything they desired, and they'll come back to me and say things like, you sure I can do it? Absolutely. Right? You First, you doubted this was possible. Your confidence got up. You now it's possible. We made it to the finish line. You have the offer letter. You are ready. And sometimes I get the resistance of like, are you sure I can do the job well that I can keep it? Absolutely. So sometimes I got to give them that confidence reassurance. Like, look how amazing you are. Look how far you come in a short period of time. Yes, I'm helping you, but you're the one that's doing the work. Remember, your credentials, your expertise, they saw you at the interview. They saw your name on the job application. Everything on your resume, you did. Regardless of how it's worded, you did that work. That was all you. <laughs> mm. So take the money and be ready to arise to the occasion. Because someone would say, I don't know if I want to make more money because I'm afraid that I'm just going to have to do more work and not have the bandwidth. Don't worry about that. When you make more money, you usually have a bigger team that now you can delegate things to, right? I tell, teach my women, we have to learn to let things go just because we can do it all doesn't mean we should. There's nothing wrong about asking for support from your tribe. And that also includes your older children because it takes a team to run a household, right? You know, start doing tasks that no longer serve you. We work on building healthy boundaries. It's okay to say no. And you don't have to give an explanation either, right? Like if people love you and they know all that you poured into them, they will respect the no for right now if you want to take a step back without having the guilt. <laughs> I like, and don't have imposter syndrome is what I took away from what you just said. Right. Realize if you're in a room, if you're in a particular space, God uniquely put you there for a reason. It's your, Absolutely. it's your responsibility to capitalize on the opportunity, right? And, yeah. you know, and I, I tell them, interviews are dinner parties. Mm. Remember, they invited you, right? Out of all the people and the candidates, they're asking you to come in. So you're already qualified, right? You're already a person that they could fit in this role, right? It's you now, you know, showcasing, you know, the end of the finish line of how you're a great cultural fit, how your skills align and how you can solve complex problems, how you can bring them even more value. And it's your job to articulate that effectively. But remember, there's nothing to be nervous about. You should be more excited than nervous because remember, they chose you to be here. They chose you.
They just want to get to know you better, but who knows more about you than you, right? There you go. And well, well, I got what's coming up next is something that you need to be nervous about because this is called <laughs> this is called rapid fire, right? I always like to do a little sixty second run uh, uh, to break up uh, um, our conversation, and the reason why I do it is because uh, I've realized that. The older we get, the more professional we are. Sometimes we forget to showcase our personality and who we really are. And I think that is one of, that's also one of those great selling points that can draw people into you when they realize that, wow, Sierra is a great person that I would love to work with. Tyrell is a, a great person I like to be around. So sometimes people need to see your personality. So will you okay. indulge with me in a, in a quick uh, round of uh, rapid fire? Okay. So what, I say the first word that comes to mind? Nope, I'm going to ask you a series of questions uh, okay. uh, for the next 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds. Um, okay. And um, you uh, you let me know, I will have no response back on my end. Okay. All right, all right. So we're gonna start off with the first question. First question is going to be, uh, Sierra, what is your favorite season of the year? Summer. All right. If you were to live anywhere in the world and you had a choice, obviously we talked about finances earlier and everything's paid for, everything's in line, where would you live and why? Puerto Rico or Mexico? <laughs> the healthcare costs <laughs> and the weather and the food. I want to live closer to the equator where it's warmer or year round. I don't like the snow. <laughs> okay. Listen, you are efficient all the way around. She says, listen, uh, healthcare costs, uh, it's cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Taxes right. are better. There's no state tax in Puerto Rico. Only um no no federal. Only state, and it's only four percent. So if I mm. made a hundred thousand dollars in Puerto Rico, I'll only owe four thousand dollars. That's appealing to me. It's expensive to live in New York and in the West Coast. I don't like taxes. I need lower taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let me see. Um, if you were, uh, I always ask this too because I'm a foodie at heart. Um, if if you were having a bad day and you needed a pick me up. Uh, what's your go-to meal? What's your cheat snack that you like? That's hard. I like lasagna. I like Van Luten ice cream these days. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, rice and beans. I love Caribbean food. Oh, like peas and rice and greens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, why? Uh, anyway, I'm a. Uh, man, I got it. Um, I have it at the top of. Anyway, I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna come to me later. All right, if you were to choose a favorite sneaker, uh, I'm a shoe head, uh, what, uh, what would your uh, uh, favorite sneaker of choice be for you? What, what, what sneaker are you choosing? I'm from the Bronx, so in Uptown, Uptown White Top. Okay, you got to get those new fat It could go with anything, and as long as it's fresh, it's perfect, so it's the best. <laughs> okay, all right. And let me see, if there was a... Um, I always ask this thing, if if there was something that you, let me make sure I say it right. Uh, I always end up messing it up wrong. Okay, so like we all got our own pet peeves, right? So if if uh, if there was something that uh, a client would do or people do uh, that is like your pet peeve, what would it be? A messy car. Ooh. Like. <laughs> 
it's something about that I need an organized car to feel like free. Like I feel like I always like a neat car. Um, I'm good at picking up after myself and stuff like that. And nobody's perfect, but I I like to have a clean car. <laughs> You would not get a ride in my car right now. First things first, I'm, I'm done with rapid fire. So thank you for indulging me in rapid fire. Uh, but you would not get a ride in my car because the way my two youngest kids uh, uh, pick apart this thing, I just looked at it yesterday. You got back. french fries in the back? Oh, french fries? <laughs> Everything is in the car. We Chips. Came from Reading, Pennsylvania, Pop-Tarts, uh, uh, french fries. And... My wife be like, you know, Tyra, won't you get the the car clean? I'd be like, listen, I've given up because it makes no sense. You put them guys back there. This is what it looks like every time. So that's their job, though, right? That's their job to be in the back eating and enjoying themselves. No, um, I don't have children as of yet, but hopefully one day willing I do. My car is not going to be clean anymore either. <laughs> no, it will not. And I was hoping you was going to say that's their, that's their job to get back there and clean it up. Because my wife makes them clean up her car. And I haven't gotten to the point of making them do that with mine. And I should. And I, I See, think she's holding the negotiation and accountability. I told you. And this can be considered work ethic skills that she's building right now for them to self-sustain and advocate for themselves as well. <laughs> I told you. Listen, her negotiation skills out of this world. Mine's not so good. <laughs> Uh, let me see, man. I'm going to ask you this question in, in four seasons of doing the back community is probably my uh, favorite question to ask uh, my guests. Um, if you were to define success, how would you define success for UCA? It's all about perspective to me. So what makes you happy when it comes to the point of passion, aligning your transferable skills and core values? And that target number where you feel like you're comfortable to support yourself and your family. For some people, it can just be the six figure mark or less. And there's some people that's like, no, I want to be a multimillionaire. And it doesn't make success is like what you make of it and how you value the life you want to build for yourself. Because I don't think it's fair, like just because you're a millionaire doesn't mean that you're you're happy in the rest of your life. So to me, success doesn't just mean how much money you make or what you do. It's your overall 360 health. How are your relationships, you know, with your family, your friends, your coworker? How do you feel when it comes to the appreciation and the value of the work you bring? Are you doing what, what resonates with you? Do you feel like you're being compensated fairly? Are you able to like reach those goals if you wanted to travel at least twice a year, right? You, did you want to go to Africa? Did you want to go to Bali? So success really depends on the individual and not being worried about what society will judge your success. Because I, you know, there's times that we desire what other people want, but if you know the the true entirety of their whole lives and not just the narrative story of what you believe is so, right? Because a lot of us, I'm not saying we don't take our lives for granted. There's nothing wrong with wanting more, but please understand that success is a whole line in all aspects. And you're always on self-discovery of what that is to continue to achieve it, maintain it, and it can change. What you wanted five years ago may not be what you want 10 years from now. And you know what? That's okay. And, and you know, industries, careers will change, money will change. That does not mean that you're not successful anymore, right? It just meant life happened. So, you know, making a cheat sheet of how you want to build your dream life, that will look differently for various people. But that doesn't mean that it's not success. What success is for you is really success for you. 
All right. And uh, if if you had to look at your life and everything that you've accomplished thus far, uh, thus far, you know, this is a follow up to the uh, to the success question. Thinking about everything that you've accomplished thus far in your life, Sierra, uh, what about your life's past are you most proud of? My life's past, like past, past about your past. Yep. What about what about your life's past? What is it about um, all of the trials and tribulations that you might have overcome? What is it about a particular thing that that, that did it for you? You didn't give up. What is it about your life's past at this point that you are most I think having the confidence um, to start a business, regardless of what people thought was possible for me. Um, I, you know, there's people that say like, oh, you're a woman in tech. You don't have kids. Like you don't have kids yet. Like are surprised, like, you know, that I don't have a family yet. Oh, you're not married. Or just me being resilient in adversity of like, regardless of what anyone else thinks success is like, I know the life I want to build. I know what values mean something to me. And there was, I think one of the toughest times in my life was when I was going to school full time online. I was working at Target from 5 to 10 p.m. I was working at Excelsior University and I was waitressing tables on the weekend at Sage Bistro. So that year was rough. I was working three jobs and going to school and trying to keep a household clean all at the same time, fighting, trying to reach perfection and reach certain goals. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know how I kept up with that schedule. I keep telling myself it wasn't me. It was prayer. It was God. It was faith in the process that if I worked hard enough, I was going to get out the situation I was in, which wasn't great at the time. And that all those sacrifices with working that hard at that time needed to happen. So then later when I started the business of what I needed to do to make it possible was crumb cake. Like if I could work three jobs and get straight A's that marking period, <laughs> right? And still keep my sanity and smile. I was like, I can do anything, right? Like the hardships are, are bound to come, right? And understanding that that's a part of the process and that shouldn't take away my joy in the current moment, but still be present, but still be excited about the future that's how I should continue to live my life. Just because something's uncomfortable now doesn't mean that I don't have a great life overall. And it doesn't mean that I still can't be positive at the same time. I think what you just said um, was a mouthful uh, because everything is not going to be easy. Um, right. Not always <laughs> going to hit your desired mark. Uh, right. The first time. But right. uh, that resilience that you uh, uh, that you tapped on um, uh, or you tap into within yourself is a huge part of where you will be at the end. Right. And I always tell everybody, it's just like it's not how you started. It's not where you started. You know, it's, it's how you finish, how you finish. And a lot of that has to do with, like you said, realizing that nobody's coming to save me but me. So if I right. want to change my life trajectory. That has a lot to do with me changing my own situation, putting in the right. work, asking for the help and the resources. Right, exactly. That part, we're afraid to ask. Yeah. You'll be surprised how much easier our life would be if we asked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And don't ask for money. This is why I tell people all the time, man. Ask for the relationship, right? Right. The, the wisdom. The 
the relationship changes. And I, I know people say, oh, it's cliche. It's easy to say that, you know, uh, 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 if you have it or when you have it. But I'm just saying it from a person who didn't have it at one point uh, to, to, to might be able to have a little bit of it now. But ask for the relationship. The relationships matter. The relationships are Absolutely. the things that will sustain you in the times when you have money, when you don't have money. And they give right. you the skills and the confidence to be able to go and acquire whatever it is you're trying to acquire. Right. In life. And money doesn't fix everything. There's still That's... millionaires who are very unhappy, right? And it's checking in with yourself of awareness of where is the dissatisfactory coming from because it's always not finances. Um, at a certain point, you have to understand what else in your life that is causing you for you not to have the fulfillment and to understand that you always won't be fulfilled 100% of the time, all the time. We are human beings with emotions, with emotional intelligence. Mm. Remember, like, it doesn't matter how much money you make or don't make. We all only have one health. We have one body, one temple, right? We all have our own family situations. So, like, listen, things will, life will happen. And it's just like, how am I going to react to life, right? To my competitive advantage. And just know that's a part of the journey. No one is exempt. And when I keep in my mind, no one's exempt. It reminds me it's a part of what makes us human. And I should honor and treasure that. All right. Instead of uh, why me, why not me? Right. Why not me? Right. Why not me? Absolutely, Tyrell. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, it's hard to be positive all the time, but it's possible. The more you do it often, the more it would occur. You'd be surprised that now I have skin like a gator, right? As a PM, I'm working with a lot of different personalities all the time and people could be passionate. So it's just like, how do I solve complex problems with a smile on to remind us that we, we all have a common end goal? And to not take everything personal, right, Sierra? Yes, so don't take it personal. Took me a long time in this forty-year-old uh, <laughs> life of mine to learn not to take everything so personal, right? Because a lot of it isn't personal, and nope. the, the moment it isn't the point of realizing that it's not personal, you can separate yourself from what's actually happened, and you can focus in on what's actually important to you and be able to drop absolutely it work, go home, live your life. So everything isn't personal, professionally or personally, but. Uh, uh, being positive, I think, is an ex uh, extremely uh, necessary part of it. And you've got to be positive because uh, you've got a, 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 a grim outlook. Nine times out of ten, you might speak that into existence. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. All right. I got one more question for you before I let you go. Uh, this is my final question. And, uh, you know, uh, I like asking this question because I like to understand what motivates uh, the people that motivate me. Like I said, I love seeing you out working. I love seeing your engagement with the community. And I love seeing that you're passionate about what you're doing. So my final question to you on the back community would be, uh, what is it that you're listening to? What is it that you're reading um, that inspires you that maybe uh, we might be able to leave a nugget with uh, those who are going to either be listening or watching this podcast and they can understand what motivates Sierra as well? What motivates me is like, I want to leave a legacy um, for my future family, my current family, like break generational cur curses. Like I want to be the first millionaire in my family is one of the goals of mine. Um, I want to be able to give um, my generation more opportunity that I didn't have. Um, 
a book that I didn't read this year, but was such a blessing last year that I'm going to read again. I actually have it next to me because I really wanted to share this. When it came to adjusting my mindset, how should I value success and like where certain things stem from, it gave me more awareness. My best friend ended up driving this altar this author last year, a couple years ago, to like Good Morning America to present this book. It's called The Power of One More by Ed Myatt. Mm. And I got this as a gift from my financial advisor at a networking event last year, I think at Toro um, on Wolf Road. And when I mean this book was a blessing, it's the ultimate guide to happiness and success. Max out your life. Gems gems and if you're not crazy about reading i tell my clients like just get it audio just listen to it in the car listen it to in the bed with your spouse or your partner listen to it with one of your children me i like an old-fashioned book so i listen to a lot of audio books and like one good old-fashioned to like get through at least once every other month but the power of one more by ed Myatt, definitely a game changer Don't when it I'm came to like really pushing me forward that did it. <laughs> I'm I'm adding that to uh, to my list, and I'm looking for something here, uh, just to go to what you just said. So whether you like to physically read, like I I love holding a book, um, but I also love when I'm in the car um, that I can throw in an audio book. I'm literally reading three books as we speak: one on smarter gov uh, smarter government uh, by Martin O'Malley, um, nice. the fifteen commitments of conscious leaders right uh, amazing book i gotta check that out right and i just finished another finance book uh tip finance because i'm heavy into finances too and i teach a finance class every thursday so. i gotta i gotta i don't know them off the top of my head i gotta email you the three top finance books i read last year that like changed the game for me i don't know if people know but like if the people that are in Albany, I think it's, darn it, what's the, they have their own library platform where they can listen to a ton of audiobooks for free. And I was listening to all these finance books for free during the day as I'm working remotely, playing in the background. And I felt like it was bringing much more value that I was maxing out the time. Or like, if I'm at the gym, I'm still listening to audiobook instead of music as I'm working out to be able to get the content in. Because we only got 24 hours in a day. Everybody, nobody gets no more, nobody gets no less. The only difference is how are we using our time? All of our priorities are different. And I was telling my clients, like one of the things we work on too is the difference between being busy and actually productive um, is the whole game changer of me accomplishing more in the same amount of time. It's stellar. <laughs> and if, if you don't like reading physical, physically or don't like listening, I'm going to give you one other cheat before I, uh, 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 I dismiss you guys today and say Headway is, a, is an app that will go ahead and break down a book for you and oh. about 15 minutes, right? So I've never used it yet, but my best friend uh, who hates reading, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he told me about it maybe a couple of days ago and I checked it out and it's really amazing to, to see. I'm still going to physically uh, read the books because I feel cheated if I don't read every page of a book. But likewise, uh, who, who want the the cliff notes summary? Check out, check just just give yeah. me the the concrete, the concise version that I could just take and run with it, and I say okay. Download Headway if 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 that if that tickles your fancy. But, no, uh, I'm gonna check it out. I think my partner will love that. He's one of the ones that 
just just give it to me what you want me to know and I'm ready to go. So we usually I read separately, but there's a book that we will always read together at the same time, like to share the experience. And that book that we read together always takes longer to finish than the books <laughs> we read separately. <laughs> yep. And I, I know who just secretly got blamed for that, too. Right. <laughs> But it's a way that I, I can hold him. He told me, like, you know, help me hold myself more accountable to read more. So if we're both reading the same book together, I'll read a chapter. He reads a chapter out loud. It kind of holds us accountable to, like, force us to read a certain amount every day um, right. to reach our goals. I even have a whiteboard that has, like, all our goals that I can see it every single day. And then I can cross them off as um, the the weeks and months go by and then I put things in quarters q1 q2 q3 q4 so I'm trying to treat my life like if it was a finance mm -hmm. <laughs> report um to for me to have eyes to hold me more accountable because we're not perfect but it works for me and everyone works differently as long as you find what works for you to me that's what's key there you go uh the back community uh there you have it uh from Miss Sierra Ramos herself um, why you need to get a career strategist, uh, why you need someone to uh, boost your confidence, why you need someone to help you how to negotiate. These are life-changing uh, uh, assets and skills. These are career-changing skills that you need to have. So do not cheat yourself, treat yourself. And I always tell everybody, you know, people are always looking for the stuff that's free. In 20 years of working with people, I've learned this, that uh, people, the people who decide to pay for a service, um, uh, nine times out of 10 are more likely to utilize the service because they have a vested interest. They've already paid Absolutely. for it. Stop looking for all of the stuff that's free. Uh, realize if someone has learned how to uh, professionally do something that you want and they're willing to offer that to you and it will shorten up your path, you can path, you can learn vicariously through them, do that. So get you a career strategist. Uh, get you a uh, Sierra Ramos in your life and, yes, and, yes, yes. and let's go out and go change the world. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. I had such a good time. I didn't Hooray! know it was going to be this fun. <laughs> I try to tell you. I try to tell you I'm a great host. Uh, well, listen, man, thank you for affording me your time today. Thank you for agreeing uh, to be on the back community. And I can't wait to get your story out to the people. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Later. Bye.